Right now, Bet365 are offering a wide range of markets, including first, last, or anytime goal scorers. With over 45 million members, it's the world's favourite online betting company. We've got wall-to-wall Premier League football with games being played nearly every day. And with Bet365's Bet Builder, you can combine match results, players to score, number of goals and more to create your own personalised bets. And if you can't watch all the games live, with Bet365's Match Live feature, you can follow every moment through live graphics and text. Bet365 is the world's favourite online sports betting company. The app can be downloaded from Google Play and the Apple Store. Over 18s only, please gamble responsibly. Hello, welcome back to 1874, the podcast that will make you feel miserable about Aston Villa Football Club every single week. Greg, I am. I feel like I'm done, to be honest. I'm fed, fed up with that football club. Yeah, yeah, he's getting to that stage, isn't it? Now I've just just got back. I've got my uh, cup of tea in front of me, a piece of pork pie, um, and I've got to talk to you about that and try and find the will to write a thousand words about it too Man. afterwards. So um, yeah, it's, it's look, it's getting to that stage, isn't it? Now where you just think that you know enough's enough. You just kind of want you want a bit of clarity, really, and just think uh, you know if Villa are gonna if Villa are gonna do anything, then they've got to do it on Sunday. Um, if they don't then they're down in my eyes, um, fail to win on Sunday and that's it. Uh, I suppose we are still at the stage where Villa could somehow go and pull something out of the bag and get two or three wins or two wins and a draw and still survive, but just starting to feel very, very, very bleak now. Um, I, I, the Man United result was was nothing I didn't expect, um, but you just it's just it's just it's just tough to watch, isn't it? It's just yeah. nothing seems to go for Villa. I mean... The penalty is still baffling me, to be honest. I'm looking at it and I'm thinking, I just, I just can't see how it's a penalty. It's a horrific decision. You know, a catalogue of horrific decisions against Villa this season. To be fair, it is in a penalty. Yeah, that's the well, crux. I mean, that's exactly what I think. I mean, we spoke to Ali Gunnar Solskjaer after the game. He said um, he genuinely thought it was a penalty. Dean Smith, we asked him <laughs> after that, and uh, you know, and, and even he was just shocked. He was, you know, baffled that that Ole Gunnar Solskjaer could could think that that was a penalty. Um, but I mean, the, the 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 worst thing is that VAR decided that it was a penalty as well. I mean, VAR, we won't go into it at length; cause it's boring and it's gone against Villa so many times this season. But VAR was introduced to get all the right to to get the decisions right, to get the major decisions right, and. Villa could go down by one or two or three points, and if VAR had got the decisions right at Crystal Palace, at Sheffield United, and um, tonight against Man United, then things might be different for Villa. But look, there are much bigger issues than that. The team just yeah, aren't sure. good enough, unfortunately. No, I don't. I don't want to dwell on the penalty. But you, Dean Smith, I haven't. I, mean, I haven't heard what he said, but he, I'm sure he'd argue that, that changed the course of the game. And to be fair, at that point, Villa Villa were going well. But I, I mean, Ali Gunnar Solskjaer cannot in his right mind, believe that, that that's a penalty. I mean, as a man, as someone who knows Manchester United well, I'm sure in his mind he would expect to get that penalty because he's, it's Manchester United and they get a lot of penalties. But just, it just isn't a penalty in a million years. And yeah, they I are. Mean, they're, they're clear and obvious thing. They just hide behind it because if the referee hadn't given that as a penalty and it had been looked at, there's no way they'd have overturned it and given a penalty. So what's, what's mm. the point? They're, they're, that shows you that there is literally no point in VAR. 
for me. I think that sums yeah. it up as, as well as anything. Yeah, I agree. It's, uh, it, it almost feels like a waste of time when, when, when Aston Villa are concerned because it just, it just hasn't done the job that it was supposed to do. And yeah, maybe Ole Gunnar Solskjaer was talking as a striker, not a manager, but um, fair play to him. You know, he's got that team going. He's got a brilliant yeah. team there. Head and shoulders above Villa today. I mean, but it could have all it could have all been different if if Villa had put some of their early chances away. And again, you know, we're talking about the same sort of problems. I think I made it nine or ten free kicks or corners in the first half, and Villa just never looked like scoring from any of them. Um, no. Trezeguet had a great chance. Another quality winger would have put that one away. Um, Grealish obviously had a very good chance as well, which he blazed over. That that yeah. that would have been a. You know, a nice story if if he'd have got the winner there, or if he'd have at least scored and 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 gave Villa something to hold on to. But no, they're they're a brilliant side, Manchester United. They are really they're going places you can see, and you know it was just a, a fantastic strike from Greenwood. I haven't watched that one back, but it looked like an absolute rocket. It is, but it's <laughs> horrific strike. defending, Greg. Horrific. Oh yeah, defending. look, look, I know Villa, Villa have gifted it in. Tyra Mings will will know that he's he's made a mistake there. Um, I thought credit to him. To be fair, he. He recovered well. Um, he was one of the only voices out there at the end, um, you know, really, really pushing that team on when all the others were quiet and setting standards really, and just trying, trying everything that he could to to um, to pull that team through. Yes, he was at fault. Yes, he's made a few individual errors, but I've got to say fair play to him because he never ever drops his head and he never drops his, um, he never lowers his voice and he always keeps trying to push that team through. But it's a tough one and it'll be hard for him to watch back tonight. I can forgive, you know, I can forgive bringing the ball out and get, giving it away and getting caught. I can forgive that. But what I can't forgive is the lack of intensity to try and close down the shot. I don't know whether you've seen it back, but we all know what what a sensational striker of the ball Greenwood is. He's absolutely rocketed in goals for the, for the last few weeks. He's, he looks like he's going to be a phenomenal player. But we just make no effort to clo- close off the corner and he, he shoots and, and Mings just doesn't put enough pressure on him. I mean, Roy Keane has gone into detail about this on Sky at half-time. He's absolutely hammered Villa, really, and laid into Toro Mings there. The lack of intensity to close down, and it's the same for the, the Pogba, Pogba goal. It's just just too easy. We're, we're making players' minds up for them and giving them the easy option, and fair enough, class players are, are going to pick you off. But let's just hear what Roy Keane did say at half-time. No, I'm scratching my head. I can't understand why he can't go two yards. And that's why Pepperina is he's like a madman shouting at him. And Dean Smith, you've got John Terry in the dressing room, why he doesn't go to two yards, I can't understand. I have no sympathy for Aston Villa tonight. I, before the game, I thought, listen, bit of energy, big club. I had a short time there, brilliant people there. But when you have defenders defending like that, you deserve everything you get. I don't know whether you'd heard that before, Greg, but what do you make of that? Well, Roy Keane is outspoken. We know um, he's got his own opinions. I'm, I'm watching Tyrone Mings when he defends there and I'm thinking, yes, he's at fault, but I'm not going to slag, I'm not going to, Put, put the entire blame on him for for a, def- a three 0 defeat to Manchester United. No, yes, no, no, he no. Was, yes, he was. Um, he was. He, you know, he was out of. He, he could have done better to to stop that goal. But for me, Tyrone Mings isn't the problem in, in that team. For me, I think he's had an all right season. Um, and and players make mistakes. And so many players, so many Villa players have made mistakes th- this season. And I, I watched him after that that um, mistake and. And I thought, do you know what? Fair play. You, you've tried to recover from this, and and you you've tried to continue to push this team through. Um, and it, it's an Aston Villa team that are just not good enough to to get anything against Manchester United, unfortunately. And there was going to be, in my mind, an error somewhere along the line 
that would have gave Manchester United the lead. It's as simple as that. You know, I've, I've watched this team all season. They're, they're not good enough. It's And at some point, it was going to go wrong. And unfortunately for Tyrone Mings tonight, it was him. Yeah, I mean, I've, I held no hope of us beating Man U tonight, which is a horrible position to be in as a football fan, to go into a game thinking we're going to get beat 2 or 3 nil, probably at least here. That's a horrible position and I take no joy out of that being right at all. But if ever a game epitomised Villa season... It's the hits the goals tonight. The pe- the penalty with the dodgy VAR and the referee conspiring against us, and then the second one just to kill the game completely. An individual error, and it has been the tale of Villa season. E- nearly every week we've probably come on air and we've mentioned an individual error. Fair enough. Since since lo- since lockdown, there have been less. But you know what I mean. Mo- most of these podcasts will have been talking about Villa making individual mistakes, weren't we? Yeah, and it was the timing of the second goal more than anything. It just took the the wind out of Villa's sails, and I think that if they'd have gone into the second half with just a one a one goal deficit, you know, they would have been in with a chance. Um, I thought the team worked hard at times. I thought that uh, th- there was a period where I was actually really concerned about Villa when where Manchester United were flying forward. I think it was yeah. just after the third goal. Um, third goal went in and, and obviously you can hear what the players are saying when you're at the game. And, and Mings um, shouted up to his to his team. He, he just said, um, you know, effing, let's effing sort this out. You know, let's, let's, let's show we've got something. And that was really telling for me. I just thought, wow, this is what this team has got to. They've got to the place where there's just like literally nothing left. They're crumbling. Um, this could be a cricket score and then Marshall yeah. goes through and they hit the bar and then somehow Villa just found something to try and sort of uh, resist the, the surge forward and yeah, Man United didn't score again so I suppose in some ways that rallying cry worked but Raleigh Gunnar Solskjaer came out, out after the game and he said we should have scored 10 more goals in the last two games and um, you know that 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 was very that was very telling. So yeah, I mean now they're in cruise control, aren't they? At that point three nil. I mean they got. To be honest, I felt the game was over at one nil when the penalty went in because I felt like our heads just completely dropped and we just we're just accepting of defeats and we're so so passive at times. It's it's frightening. Pardon the pun, but obviously Villa have had a, a close shave there, so I'm I'm obliged to to bring in our sponsors at, at this point. Harry's now I got sent a kit. The other day, Greg, it's from Harry's. It's a really, really smart bit of kit. I mean, I'm not much of a much of a like wet shaver usually, to be fair, but I'm definitely going to have a tryout of this Harry's stuff because it looks really good. I don't know whether you've you've seen it yourself or not, but if you haven't, you should, you should get yourself a, a trial set sent through, like like I have. You've got yourself a trial set. Well, where's mine? I haven't got mine. Well, have you, you got repl- a freebie? Yeah, yeah. If you reply to the uh, the athletic higher ups emails, Greg, you'll get you'll get sent a, <laughs> sent a freebie because that's all oh, I did. Oh. I, I must have missed special. the email. <laughs> I must have missed the email. <laughs> My granddad's been banging on about one of these for a while, so I do as actually a, need to get him one. There you go. You can you can get him that if you reply to your emails, mate. So yeah, as a, as a listener of this podcast, you can start shaving with Harry's today as well by claiming your free trial set that Greg Evans himself hasn't yet done. It's three pound ninety five, and you can support our podcast and get your set delivered to you, including a razor handle, five blade cartridge, foaming shave gel, and travel blade cover. All you got to do is go to harrys.com slash villapod right now. You can go and do that. That's harrys.com villapod, and yeah, that's that's the ad read sorted out. <laughs> I just don't know anymore, Greg. It's getting so hard to come on and do these podcasts because there's literally no life in the side and I feel like they're draining the life out of me as well. And I want to, yeah. so desperately want to talk about something good. The only thing that I'm enjoying is the fact that I'm hearing a different viewpoint from you because you're physically 
at the game. There's obviously no fans there at all at, at the moment, which is grim in itself, although in some ways I'm quite glad I'm not there to witness it. But do you, what do you think the crowd reaction would have been to tonight? If it had been a full Villa Park, as it obviously would have been against Manchester United, do you think that crowd would have fully gone against Smith now? Uh, no, I'm not so sure, actually, because I think that if you're at the game, you would have seen that you just you actually see how hard they they are working. You don't necessarily see that on the TV. Um, okay. I, I follow the the um, the hashtag feeds on the you know the Villa hashtag feed on on Twitter, and you know it's, it's very negative at the moment. And and there's a lot of pl- uh, people saying that the players aren't showing much fight. They're not really putting it in for the team, but. When I'm watching them, you know, I can see that they are, you know, Trezeguet, for example, he's had a bad season. Look, probably isn't good enough to, to be to be in that Villa team. Let's be honest, if there was somebody better in, than him, um, they would take his place. But I was watching him and, and he was working so hard up and down throughout, getting really frustrated when it wasn't going his way. There was at times where he was chasing three or four United players and they were just passing it between him. And, and I just thought, you know, this is a player that's trying so, so hard for the team, but he's probably just not quite good enough. And that that's probably the case with, with quite a few of the players. Um, but I mean, the one positive we can take from it, and I, I, I'm amazed really of, of how much he's transformed, um, is Douglas Louise. I mean, he's an absolute joy to watch now. And, and I, I never yeah. thought I would I would be saying that. Villa have got a, a, a fantastic player in, in, in Douglas Louise now. He he looks like an absolute star. He could have played in that um, Man United team. And, I mean, he was better than Pogba, I thought, today. I thought he was brilliant. Um, hardly did anything wrong. Hardly put a foot wrong. Uh, when he gets... He, he won so many interceptions and made so many important blocks. When he gets the ball, he passes it nicely. Uh, he's, that, he's the best player in that Villa team at the moment because... Yeah, he's it's just good. not working for John McGinn. Um, there's, there's something just not quite right with him. He just hasn't hit the levels since the restart. Jack Grealish isn't performing as well as we know he can. Um, still think that his teammates are letting him down. He's not. He's not really got much to do uh, around him. And then the forward line's just a little bit weak. You know, it's just probably not quite good enough to to, to record uh, to score regular goals in the Premier League. So it's just a relegation team, really. You know, it's a team that's 19th place for a reason. A team that is probably going down now. But we've still got to say it's just a four-game season and they might just pull something crazy out the bag and survive. Yeah, the Louise one's interesting because I, this is going to sound a bit harsh, but we've kind of waited 28 games to see the real Douglas Louise. And that, now we've got it. It's going to be too late, and if he does too well, which which he is, we go down. He'll end up going. So it's all yeah. feels like it's all been for nothing. Does that does that make sense? Like I just even when there's a positive, it's actually a negative for us because we'll we'll lose him. Yeah, it's, look, it's disappointing, isn't it? I mean, you could look at it two ways, can't you? And think, well, if if he hadn't performed in in these final few games and maybe started performing at the start of next season, then that might have been a benefit for Villa going into next season. The fact that he, I think. He's the one of the only players that the breaks really benefited because um, he's improved his English. He, he's got closer to the players. He's learnt more about the game. Smith's worked very closely with him and credit to Smith in some ways because he's actually developed the player. He's actually realised where his best position is and he's starting to get the better out, uh, the best out of him. It was tough for him coming through because he arrived just a couple of days before the start of the season. He had no pre-season. He couldn't speak any English. Um, always going to be hard and he's only 22 years of age um, so yeah he, I mean he's leading the way for Villa at the moment but the, the the big issue for me I think is there's just not enough voices and not enough leadership in that team Conor Horahan came on and, and tried to 
rally the troops a little bit, you know, with, with, with a vocal presence. But all I could hear was Mings, really, and the others were just very quiet. And I look back now to the to last season where they had really good experienced professionals like Tommy Alfick and Mille Edinak and James Chester and Glenn Whelan who used to go into training every day and set set high standards and in games where they were struggling those type of players would pull them through now I'm not saying those four players are the answer and I think that Villa were right to move them on because they probably weren't going to be doing the job that they expected the younger players that replaced them would do but there's no leaders in there. There's nobody. No. There's nobody that you can turn to and think, right? He's going to drag. He's going to drag this club out of trouble. He's going to rally the troops. Um, and then there's no real player that's standing out in terms of performance either. So Villa haven't got any lead, vocal leaders, and they haven't got any um, players that are good enough to lead as well. It's just you just hear Tyro Ming shouting and guiding everyone through and Pepe Reina gets involved a little bit too, but it's just not enough. Yeah, I think that's a, that, that is critical, what, what you've done. You've talked about players, the, name, the names that you reeled off, all leaders for that division, people that are adept at playing in the Premier League, that have been there, done that, got the T-shirt, other than Heaton really, who they brought in for that very reason. They have not replicated that throughout the squad and it is telling every week, every game at the moment that there's a complete lack of people with Premier League experience and leadership who who can g them up when when they're down when things aren't going well they've been in that position before we we just look lost and we're, we're going down without a trace and we we've done that once before and I know it's not as bad as it as it was back then but we're going we're sinking and it just again feels like we're so passive and we're not showing there there is fight I don't think for one minute the players aren't trying there there is a lack of a there's a lack of ability. Lack of ability at this level for a few players, I think. But we're going down with a whimper. Two goals in six games is pathetic. Yeah, I mean, look, that's a, that's the real big problem, isn't it? Um, the goals are going, the, the goal shortage now is is going to be what what sends Villa down. Um, I mean, they're relying on Samata and Davies. Dean Smith clearly hasn't got hasn't got full faith in either of them because he's swapping them almost every game, hoping that one of them does the business. Um, I still think the two of them would do well in the championship, but that's not really the issue, is it now? You know, they need them. Villa need them both now. And it just goes back to, to um, a topic that we've discussed heavily. You know, the recruitment just wasn't good enough. Um, I think I, I firmly believe if Villa had a good striker fit and available, maybe Wesley might have been that man, um, but but probably more likely an alternative. I feel that they would have got enough points to, to have dragged them out of the relegation zone in, in these last four or five games. Um, I just feel the chances were there, but they've gone begging and a good striker might have put them away. Yeah, it's, it's grim. I mean, it's just to finish, you, it's not a strong league at the bottom. It's, it's not going to be a high points tally to, to, to get yourselves out of trouble. And I think as a Villa fan, that's the most frustrating thing for me is that it feels like we've gone down in a season when you didn't have to do that much right. To, to stay up but we've still managed to get it all wrong and, and not get our heads above water and for me that that is the absolute most frustrating thing I'm sure it's frustrating for you as well having to write about it every week that it wouldn't have taken that much to stay up but we've blown it I think yeah it's, it's a great point really it's, it's I mean it's something I've never really written exactly that but it's something I, I do definitely agree with you Dan yeah I mean feel free to take now, it 
yeah, thanks for that. It's uh, approaching midnight, so I've, I've got a, I've got yeah, a hell yeah. of a lot of work coming I'm on. You a good, so. li- good line. <laughs> I, I, might, I might use a couple of those words just to uh, yeah. tick over my word count. But um, yeah, you know, a couple more wins might have changed it for Villa. Just a couple of points, even would have given them a fighting chance. And you're right, they really didn't need to do much more this season. Um, and and when you think of when you think of the the relatively decent first half of the season that they had, if they'd just mirrored yeah. that, they'd have been out the relegation zone now. Oh, yeah, well, this is Aston Villa. This this is where we're at, and unfortunately, at the moment, this is where this podcast's at because we'd love to come and talk about a win, but it just doesn't seem to be happening for us. Maybe just maybe it'll be Sunday. Greg and myself will be back after the game to, to talk it through again. Greg's piece will be out in the morning if you are a subscriber to The Athletic and if you're not already a subscriber and you do want to check out Greg's piece in the morning, I'm sure it'll be very good using that quote that he's going to nick off me. All you need to do is go to theathletic.com slash villapod and you'll be able to get a 30-day free trial. Probably good timing with the season coming to, to its tail end now as well to, to get there for the end of the season and read some great pieces. And Greg, hopefully at some point... A goal to write about, maybe, if we're pushing ourselves, even a win. I mean, as I say, a goal would be absolutely golden at the moment because I can't remember the last time I jumped off my chair and celebrated watching these Villa games. But, yeah, hopefully you'll have something nice to write about soon. And thanks as ever for joining me, mate. And we'll be be back together on Sunday after the Palace game. Cheers, Dan.